Hello, hello. Hello, I'm Jessica Benoist-Young. And I'm Melanie Reef. And this is Best Line. Worst Line. We're right in the middle of our Mel Brooks Summer Tournament. Woo! And so we've got some best lines and worst lines from Mel Brooks movies to choose. And this was quite an interesting week for me. <laughs> Personally, I think I think, yeah. I think some bests, some personal bests, uh, were dethroned, and maybe some personal worsts were elevated. My list of Mel Brooks standings is changing, and, and I think that's good. That's we should do that. Yeah, we like, should all we gotta do that. Everyone needs to do that, and we have an amazing guest here to to talk through these these two Mel Brooks um I would say just kind of like crown jewels in the in the spoof crown anyway um two of the most recognizable Mel Brooks movies from 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 our generation I'd say yeah absolutely um, I think those sort of people think about from our generation yeah we have Men in Tights from 1993 and Spaceballs from 1987 I did that backwards and our guest is is uh he says he's just a guy with a face for radio and a voice for a silent film. He bosses airplanes around for a living and he loves to talk about movies. You can hear him talk about movies on his very funny podcast uh in Devo Veritas where he drinks red wine and talks about movies. And I've listened to his first two episodes, and it's very interesting. Like, um, in episode two, they do Failure to Launch, which is a movie that, in relevance to what we're about to talk about with Men in Tights specifically, uh, Failure to Launch sort of lived in my head as like this... uh, version of a movie that didn't have any problems and I wanted to keep it that way. <laughs> so oh, oh, but, I'm sorry. This is not the movie that we're talking about today. Like, it's not. It's not. That movie. The, the whole premise of that movie is that he lives with his parents and he's I mean not that there's anything wrong about that. Hire her to like, there's nothing wrong with it. With him living with his parents. You have to go listen to this episode because yes. But the, the whole the, just the perspectives Yes. You, <laughs> in this real estate market? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no problems with that at all because like, Please. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I understand. But the whole premise of them hiring her and then tricking him and all of that, like there are so many flawed things with that premise. Yes. It's it's very yes. problematic. <laughs> Please welcome Devin Hickey. <laughs> hey, thank you so, so much. Uh, this is awesome. I didn't... I, I'm glad because I didn't know you had a podcast till earlier yeah. this year, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, she has she's into a second season." You guys are into a second season, so I started listening. Uh, Teenage Wasteland, of course, uh, the mystery one with Clue, yes. which you made like I watched Clue because Wait, of that. Never seen she hadn't it. seen Clue. Oh my gosh, we made him watch Clue. No, no I hadn't seen uh-huh. Clue. I will say one of our favorite movies it was, of all time. Yes, yes, it was so. I mean, Tim Curry, you can't say it's enough excellent. about him, but. Um, Anyway, yes, thank you for having me on. I love, uh, I mean, the whole reason, one of the reasons I started my podcast is because uh, we all see, we all consume media with a different lens. And it's interesting 
because some of our lenses are similar, but they're all still different and they change over time. Like Melanie was saying earlier and, and Jess was saying earlier, your re, uh, relationship with film. And I was kind of in a very similar situation with, uh, as Jess this week with, in particular, yeah. Men in Tights. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll talk about that. We're looking at, as Jess said, Men in there's Tights. There's a lot to say. Space balls, <laughs> and there's a lot to say. Um, what's so interesting is I've been talking to several people telling like, oh, we're doing Mel Brooks movies. And when I say men in tights, so many people are like, oh my gosh, I loved that movie as a kid. Yes. And like so many people had that reaction. And I think, I feel like I saw it later as like a later teenager. I don't remember seeing it as a younger kid and I don't remember loving it ever. Like I remember being like, it's fine, but I don't think it's particularly funny. And I was right. like, so many problematic things in this movie. The only thing that I'm like, it's clever is the music to me. And so I think that was always my take on Men in Tights. So to have so many people then be like, oh my gosh, I love Men in Tights. And then watch it. And like, we were talking about this, Jessica. You're like, what? And yeah. I was like, this is unwatchable. Yeah, like, you really did not like it this oh, time. <laughs> I very much did not. And yes. then conversely, Spaceballs is the one that I remember growing up with um, mm -hmm. because I think my parents watched it. And then I have two yeah. brothers. So it was just on. It's one of those yeah. movies that was, it was like, my parents are big Mel Brooks fans. It's an easy intro into Mel Brooks, which is, it's PG. I think it was my intro to Mel yeah. Brooks, actually. It's an easy intro into Mel Brooks for, I would... Personally, I would start with Young Frankenstein with the producers for people. I have made the mistake of starting people on Blazing Saddles twice. Don't do that. But um, Baseballs is an easy intro, especially for kids of yeah. like, the 90s. I remember it's my parents. I remember watching it. And there are so many like I like there are so many jokes that my dad would just like still regularly quote from Spaceballs like. I think the amount of times my dad referred to me as a Druish princess growing up is like not, <laughs> not small. Um, yeah. <laughs> and because like, I mean, it's just my, I'm Jewish. So it was like that, um, like it did that line just like existed in the ether. So I was, we were both nervous, I think, to watch Spaceballs because Jess, you were like, I don't remember enjoying this movie. It's well, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I, I, it had its place, but to me, there was just something like it never really connected. Mm -hmm. um, it just never hit the same like notes, didn't mesh with like my sense of humor, I guess. And so I always, I kind of was wondering like, why was this so much farther down my Mel Brooks list than, than Men in Tights? And was I onto something and it's really not that great? Or did I just miss it? And I think I missed it. I think I missed it. And, was... and here's what it is. Well, actually, I don't know what it is. Honestly, I haven't put my finger on it yet. But the, I will say what I came away with this time. You're totally right. I think this movie is really accessible for everyone. I think that the mm -hmm. that the references are a little more universal. I think the the humor's a little more universal and maybe that makes it, maybe that makes it a little less, I, I don't know. Maybe that makes it just stuck. Maybe put that in my head as like, it was bland, but it's really not. Here's what it is. It's comforting. Yes. That movie is very comforting. I could see that being like my comfort movie at any point in time in my life, just like you pop the DVD or the VHS in or whatever. Now you have streaming and just, you just put it on and, and 
that's your movie. So, you know, if I can add, I think that, and cause I was thinking about a lot about this as well. And I, and I agree with and, and especially comparing the two films. I think the, the, the humor, I think, first of all, I think Spaceballs is just far more well-written. Yes, it's a lot yes. Yes. We'll get finish. into that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Men in Tights is a little more, dis- there's, there's a little too much. And what I didn't realize, and especially in watching Men in Tights, is how many gags he reused from Spaceballs in Men in mm-hmm. Tights. You know, he used the, the you see the set gag, the camera yeah. bumping into things gag. You know, so there, there was a lot of that stuff that kind of got reused. And I felt like it wasn't as effective as I was watching. I was like, oh, right. They mm-hmm. did that again. But and so my whole point was that for me, Spaceballs, because uh, I was probably, well, I was eight when it came out, but I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah, me either. Uh, but I had friends that did and they talked and they just couldn't stop talking about Darth Helmet and how funny Darth Helmet was. And when I watched it, I realized that that movie, because of so much of what I remember, like my friend and I would, uh, we would, we would run lines together, like do scenes together and stuff like that. And this movie is sort of designed for the eight to 16 year old boy from that era oh, yeah. is, is how I, I was like, this is like my crack. Yeah. Like, this is what <laughs> it was my first exposure to Mel Brooks. And it came at a time uh, for me, you know, as a young child, coming from star Wars, yeah, you know, see, that just was, return of the Jedi That was my, and, my gateway in was we were huge star Wars fans. I mean, Melissa and I yeah. were Matt, we were part of the star Wars fan club for crying out loud. And I think it was kind of like after the, after Phantom Menace came out, we were like just back in, we wanted everything star Wars. And my dad was like, Hey, we haven't, I've never shown you guys space balls. Um, oh. And so we watched Spaceballs, I think, when I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And we thought it was we thought it was great. And then and then it was like, oh, you know, my mom's like, do you want to watch Men in Tights? Then we went just down the Mel Brooks rabbit hole. And I think it was kind of like every Mel Brooks movie that we watched was better than the than the next, like than the last one in our brains, you know? Well, I think that's totally fair assessment of Mel Brooks. I mean, I think there's like, especially like as you introduce people, there's definitely like an order to introduce people to a Mel Brooks universe. Um, And especially like for kids, as you said, Devin, I think like, as I said, I have two younger brothers who probably were around eight when they started watching this movie. And I don't think it was ever one that my parents were like, Oh, like Melanie, like let's watch like without like space balls, but it was something that was just on constantly because my brothers loved it. And I think I, as like a girl, child and not saying that like I didn't appreciate the humor and everything but I think it was like oh like like the the stuff that I appreciated now when I watched it I wouldn't have registered as a kid right and so Mm -hmm. much of the like humor that does register for a kid was like I would have been like that's dumb and now like I get what the point is but it's like it wouldn't yeah. have been my sensibility then. So I think I remember it's like, oh, it is su- because it is such a the teenage boy, socialized teenage boy vernacular. And Men in Tights, mm-hmm. I, again, I think I saw it. I don't think I saw it as like a teenager. I think I saw it late, like maybe late teens or in college. I was. It definitely presents itself as much more adult humor, even like refined humor. And I, I'd say that that is coming mostly just from the setting. Uh, from the the setting, the actors, um, definitely. I'm like even like the casting choice of Richard Lewis. Like Richard right. Lewis is a sophisticated comedian, you or know. Carrie and Elwes as Carrie, yeah, Carrie Elwes, and, and 
Roger Reese, is that his name? Roger Reese, like, there's a, you're right. There's some caliber. I mean, there's caliber to baseball cast too. Oh, but, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, Rick Moranis. John Candy and Rick John Moranis. But like, it's a different, <laughs> like, it's a different type. It's of different. Character. Absolutely different. Yes. yes. We were used to seeing John Candy and Rick Moranis in, in those types of roles. You know, yeah. Goofy family comedies exactly. mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Although I think if I'm going to directly compare them, Dick Van Patten, who's <laughs> yeah, the uh, dad, the, the king. king in one, he's the abbot hey, in the second one. But I think the minister in the first one is the better minister. Yes. Yeah. In Spaceballs. That guy was okay. so, I can't, okay. I, I can't remember. I don't know name. if I wrote his name down. He, uh, he's, some of his lines are on my best line <laughs> list that. because he was um, so funny. I think funny. it's so interesting, Jessica, you said it presents as a more sophisticated humor and uh-huh. it is absolutely not. Like, no. Spaceballs is no. so much more no, sophisticated I, then Men in Tights. Yes. Men in Tights is all low-hanging fruit. That entire mm-hmm. movie is low-hanging yeah. fruit, not to like even like I feel like even me saying yeah. low-hanging fruit, it's like that is a pun. They they use so many inappropriate references to yeah. mm-hmm. people who are gay. Like I so many throughout the movie. And like what's so interesting, and like let's I mean, we've been getting into it, but like this is what Jessica and I were texting back and forth as I was watching and like incredulous about men in tights and we're like how like Mel because my biggest problem with men in tights is the punch is down for yeah. so much of that movie like mm-hmm. the punch is like from the get-go you have falafel and I'm like oh yikes um and then like the punch is down in so much of that movie and in some ways because there are some people that like the the Jewish jokes are still not a punch down. The black jokes aren't a punch down, but there are so many other ones. I'm like, this is not the typical Mel Brooks way of joking. And so what we found yeah. is that we're like, how is this a Mel Brooks script? Like, how did he write this? Because mm-hmm. this is not his humor. Like there were touches of Mel yeah. Brooks jokes in it, but I was like, this is not a Mel Brooks script. And so what we found was doing some research. This script was written by, I don't have their names written down. Right. Somebody's dentist. Somebody's dentist. Somebody's dentist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For real. This like this producer or or screenwriter. Jay David. He was a television writer or something, and his dentist. Pitched his dentist, eleven year old, hated Prince of Thieves so much. Which listen, yeah. power power to to you, kid. Like well, he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. like Prince of Thieves either. And I have, like, that's what I was telling I Melanie, like, I get it. Yeah. And he he was like, <laughs> they should do a movie. This 11-year-old child was like, they should do a movie that just makes fun of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> so then the dentist was telling the screenwriter uh, patient, my 11-year-old thinks we should do a movie that just makes fun of Prince of Thieves. He wrote, they wrote a script. And then and ah. came in. it got picked up by Mel Brooks and Brooks Films, and Mel Brooks rewrote it. it a for those of you listening, I used quotation marks in the air. I don't know. We don't. Don't. It said there was extensive rewrites, but like I don't know how much that was. And like I mean, was he it just pass. extensive dumping Mel Brooks jokes yes, in? I think so, because like the punch yeah. should have been at where it. It's because you can tell when they're making fun of the movie Prince of Thieves, it mm-hmm. works. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, just keep punching at the movie Prince of Thieves. Like, <laughs> unfortunately, I do feel like the falafel joke at the beginning. I'm like that. 
that does have touches of like a Mel Brooksian type of joke. And I'm like, this right. is like, oh, really, Mel? Um, like that does have because especially like the use of the right. name falafel, like the puns and like all like all the pun mm-hmm. stuff, a chew, a Jew here. Like that was like the punny play on words. I do think Abe that's Lincoln. like re- <laughs> relatively funny joke. But like yeah. the punch with the like all of the disabled jokes for the uh, the guy who's blind, like Lincoln, all the, all the yeah. weight jokes with Broomhilda. Yes, this is the first time. Well, I mean, it's my first one, but I have never seriously considered giving the worst line to a horse before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't write that down, but I know exactly what you're talking the, about. I mean, what yeah. are, oh, we've been talking about them almost equally. But it feels like hmm. we're ready to jump in on men and tights. Men and tights. Yeah, I think because yeah, it's it. been okay. like no time on men and tights. I mean, there's so much <laughs> to talk about in this movie. I feel. I mean, as I said, like as I said, we've already been getting into it. Like the thing about mm-hmm. men and tights is like there, as you said, if it was just a, a punch <clears throat> to Prince of Thieves, it could be a good movie. There are elements of funny jokes in here yeah well that's yeah and that's where i came where i've been like dissecting and analyzing like why i had such a fondness of this movie and like Mm -hmm. why i thought this if i had to before this started if i had had to like rank mel brooks i think i would have gone my personal would have been like uh, history of the world part one and musical mm-hmm. producers tied in first place. Second place would have been young Frankenstein and blazing saddles. And then just floating around in the, to round out the top five would have been men in tights. And here's what it is. And it's what I was saying with like the failure to launch, but even more so because I don't really think failure to launch is a good movie. I just, you whatever like I saw it with my mom in the theater and we thought it was cute at the time so I just have to like preserve this version of it in my brain I had a version of this movie in my brain that was just all the stuff that I liked and there Mm -hmm. is a lot that I just liked Um, and then you kind of boil it down and you're like okay I see what I liked about this but like I was just it's not that I was ignoring all of the problematic shit. It was kind of like it just never settled in my brain. And then I'd go five years without watching it. And then I'd watch it again and be like, oh, and here's the other thing about it. It's not that it's just like problematic because we could take all that stuff away and there would still be a, a heaping pile of jokes that just do it's, not land. The other thing. It's do not, not land right. at all. I mean, I think that like, like, and that's another thing that I was just, that's what I was ignoring that there, you know, when you look at it, when you look at it and you're going joke to joke and you're enjoying it, you still feel like you're laughing a lot. And there are a lot of jokes that are landing, right? When you're analyzing it for best lines and worst lines and just the script in general, there is a lot that just gets hung out there to dry and nobody comes to pick it up. And that's very strange to me the the last Mel Brooks movie I watched was to be or not to be which is great and every single everything is a joke everything is a joke that gets wrapped up referenced like called back like everything there's not a single line doesn't like there's not a single line that doesn't have a place everything becomes a joke that gets used later 
used again and again. Like, oh, it is. And he didn't even write that script. <laughs> that was somebody else. But like, it, it was amazing. It was very like, I could feel that. And maybe I judged Men in Tights a little harshly because I had just watched no, Be or Not to Be. Didn't. Where, where there was like, where there wasn't a single joke that didn't land. And even if you thought it didn't mm -hmm. land right there in like the five seconds after the joke, trust me, it landed maybe 40 minutes later, like everything got used. And that did not happen in Men in Tights. There were multiple lines that I was like, I didn't even know he said that. That's not it. Nothing happens with it. I know that it's trying to be a joke, but it was just kind of like, Ugh. Okay. <laughs> go back to some of the stuff where it's like, okay, this like has paintings of Mel Brooks jokes, but it's like, wow, this is like the as I said, the punch is often down. It's like, yeah. especially, I mean, there's yeah. so many homophobic jokes in here that are just most of those are on my yeah. list. This, of is, worst, what, like, yeah. this is a weird thing, Melanie, because we watched this movie with our friend RJ, who we watched, we had a lot of movie nights with in the beginning of the pandemic we watched this one or we talked about watching it i think we ended up watching we ended up watching history of the world and then we oh. said something about men in tights and i was like i said men in tights makes me a little nervous because i can't tell if it is homophobic or if it's mel brooks making fun of homophobia i don't think so, it's making fun of homophobia so you, you talked me out yeah. of it though you said it was him making fun of homophobia <laughs> So, yes. Oh gosh. We were, <laughs> we were drunk. I mean, yeah. I think it's and we were trying to justify, like, we were protecting Mel Brooks. When somebody's got to protect him, he's ninety three years yeah. old. We got to do it. Could have been him making homophobia, but it was also like the nineteen nineties, and like the nineteen nineties humor yeah. sensibility. Like the it is like the early nineteen nineties. We should just like I not include. Very much want to blame most of this movie on the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh and some of the topic, like it, it, this was Men in Tights in particular, I found was more attempting to be topical, yes. which is is why I think some of the stuff doesn't sit as well. I think Spaceballs is, is and Jess, you've touched on this, it's a more universal mm -hmm. kind of comedy. Like the visual gags are smarter. Like, you know, the, the back of Spaceball 1 says we break yes. for nobody. Like you, you get that. Whereas somebody watching men in tights today and they see him pull out the Patriot arrow, they're probably not going to even yeah. understand what that's referencing. Yeah. You know, things like, or the white men white, can't, you know, white man, white man can't jump. Can't or jump. even pumping up the shoe. Like I had to explain pumping that up the to shoe. my 12 year old when we watched it. And that was, that was funny good. to me like that. I loved it because yeah. I get it. Unfortunately, one of the jokes that wasn't great in the movie, but does play. And, and that one is a joke that is the punches up. Uh, it's it's a punch on the the thing. When Chu was getting beat up, he says, "I hope somebody's doing a video oh, of this." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I hate that. Yeah. That's still irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I hate that. That is yes. That I that I hate that that is the joke. That like because it was specifically for Rodney King, probably mm -hmm. at the time, mm -hmm. referencing. And but yeah, it's the fact that it is actually kind of universal yeah. at this yeah. point. And there, there's a line in Spaceballs, which I kind of, I, I feel like is a more poignant line today. Well, I think it's kind of universal as well. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you. There's that. But it's 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 funny because the like the opening with, with the Maitre Dungeon, the falafel, I think that that kind of idea, and we've seen it in other places, most recently in Willow. Willow did kind of same, the same thing where the dungeon torturer is kind of a charismatic character. 
and I kind of get the comedy there. I just think that the setting and and the way that I mean, was scripted just, the just didn't, the name. it like that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, and and as I was telling Jess, it, I didn't remember anything out of that scene except for the great strength mm-hmm. of feet. One, two, you know, on the on, on the, the count, count of, of kick, kick. Which is so a, that's a what he's you know bringing him in, and he's like, "You're just not wearing the right attire." I I was thinking he was going to put chains on him like at the time because he wasn't handcuffed or chained, and then he puts the beard on him. I was just oh yeah. dear. Or like, the, and I will say like the tongue that like actively made me wince. I was like, oh yeah. Well, it was what there was the because the, the, they're all the, like there was the, the three eye the signs that they said like There's the, the eye yes I got you. I didn't write it down. There was the tongue something. We and have then a lot of very else. typical like Mel Brooks environmental humor. Like we talked about mm-hmm. with Twelve Chairs. And you were saying with Spaceballs, Spaceballs has so much like scenery humor, like the scene, no scene or scenery is wasted. And especially we see that like from right off the bat from the credits, which I think Mm -hmm. is genius. And I think right here is where we see a a very specific, like when you just directly make fun of Prince of Thieves, it works because they have Mm -hmm. the flying arrows. That's exactly how Prince of Thieves opens. But then they're like, what happened to all these flying flaming arrows? Oh, well, they burned down a village <laughs> Yeah, and leave, leave us, us alone, Mel Brooks. Brooks. And then we have the um, raps, the Sherwood Forest rap, number one. Mm-hmm. I think this is where we really see oh, yeah. Mel Brooks. I mean, I, we saw it in History of the World a bit, but I think this movie was probably like more of the springboard for us eventually getting a full-blown musical. Uh, I think this is where he really is like stretching his incorporating musical numbers into the plot and really using more of them. So I will, I do appreciate this movie for that. And probably is one of the main reasons why this one did connect with me at that that time in my life, because I was, you know, everything was musicals. We were always, we would see, you know, a musical number in a movie and be like, we're learning that. So we learned all these musical numbers. (laughs) But uh, I do like when they're like walking over the hands in the grate and they all go oh, down yeah. and then they come back up and it's the middle finger. Like that's a that's very funny. Mel Brooks very. visual to me yes. very much. Like they could have just walked down, but nope, we got to like everything has to have a joke. Right. And mm-hmm. and so that one lands for me. Um, <laughs> there's a joke. There's a totally missed joke here because they do the whole thing. They like kick the bar off. That's holding all the, sh- the arm shackles and they let everyone go. And then they go up to this big, great thing that they're going to push out. And he just says on the count of three, one, two, three, and they push it and they all go. They just did on the count of kick. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we have something else on the count of push? On the count of push? Yeah. Or on yeah. the count of kick again and have them all kick it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Such yeah. a missed joke. We were just talking about like all these, you know, making sure that the scenes and the scenery have the jokes. Why can we not just call back to something he just did 90 seconds prior? Yeah. And it was weird because there was so much effort placed on the jailer guy and, you know, bringing good news versus bringing bad yeah. news. I think that was sort of the whole focus of that whole scene. I think spent too much time, maybe too much focus yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. There's a lot of good bits in in men in tights like the uh, i love the you changed it to latrine 
<laughs> yeah, it used to be shithouse. It's a good change. Good change. It's a good, like that was something that got said yes, in my yes. house good a change. lot. Uh-huh. That's a great joke. HMR Blockhead is a the reference. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go back to what's wrong with this movie. And this has bothered me from the okay. very first time I watched this. How is Blinken sitting on the toilet? <laughs> yeah, physically, yeah. the yeah, foundation physically only the, comes yeah. up. You know, yeah. to, it, when he's sitting down, he still has like a foot and a half of his body above the foundation, but the wall, like, I don't get it. It Doesn't makes no make sense, sense with the towing away of the castle. And I think that's, I think that was just one of those things. Whatever. It's like, whatever, I this know is it's the very joke. much he's like, well, we toilet. have to have it be this way or whatever, but I, it's always like the, pissed me off. <laughs> the, statue, the statue, like the statue's yeah. there too, yeah. right? And then, you know, that bit, I don't know if that was funny or not for either of you with the You've lost your arms, but you've got nice boobs. I I was like, I'll give it to him. I don't know. It's it's low hanging fruit, but at the same time, it's kind of harmless. I I always have liked too, like the the blind playboy. I think that is something that like only Mel Brooks would come up with. I mean, it's a yeah, it's It's a straightforward. It is, but it's like we've never seen it, and this is something that like yeah, he would put that in a movie. The centerfold, yeah, but it's like braille. Right. I, in that scene, I really liked the run, the, the, the pacing, the, like everyone dying, everyone dead. And then ending, like it's, you know, in comedy, it's like, you want to build up to like, like heighten it. And it's like, because of the way they do it, it start with like the most normal of like, Oh, parents, brother, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then they end it with my dog Pongo run over by a carriage, my goldfish Goldie eaten by the cat, my cat choked on the goldfish. It seems like the smallest, but like because it's like the weirdest, it's like my goldfish, Goldie, eaten by the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like that's very my cat. Cat choked, choked on, the goldfish. on the goldfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do also like when he's like asking, is like Robin? Robin back from the crusades? Yes. And alive? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie always he does a lot of good carry always yes. in this uh, there was some where i was like he's a little dread pirate dread pirates dread pirate robert's light but otherwise well, he based his or i've heard that he based his performance as uh wesley on errol flynn's robin hood mm, which would make so sense. so i'm yeah. sure there probably is still that element of of the right. crossover yeah i mean Carrie always does a lot of the heavy lifting for this movie. Like, I would say that... I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I really I really feel like there well, are so many good performances. It just... I think, yes. Um, I think the, the Roger Reese, who plays the sheriff of Rottingham, yes. and this was kind of <sighs> wild watching because as it... Early on, I was just like, oh, I remember. I love this yeah. character. I love this character. And then it gets to the really problematic predation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of his care leading up to that finale, which but I, that's exactly how was, that goes in Prince of Thieves, and yeah. it, that's why yeah. one of those reasons I'm, I can't rewatch that movie because I can't see Alan Rickman do that. Yeah, so. and I and I wouldn't have made that connection. Now I don't know if I would have made it then because I remember I'd seen Prince of Thieves first, but I've only seen it once, so I don't know if I would have made that. I just would have been thinking, I hope Robin gets to right, save right, her. Right. But his performance, and he is probably as in character as uh, i think 
uh, Amy Yazbek as Maid Marian gives a master class on reactive yes. acting. I think if you want to yes. say you want to learn about reactive acting, watch her entire performance in this film. Her reactive acting is just, yeah. it's That's it's exactly it that I wanted to talk about. And I talked about this a little bit too. Like she, it, they didn't give her much in the script, period. Like a lot is said about her. There is a lot of humor about her. She has like this gimmick to her character in the virginity belt or the chastity belt and all of this. Like, but in terms of her actual lines being jokes or being funny, not much. They didn't give her very much. No. And she, so she just, first of all, brought this, like, Catherine Hepburn doing a British accent type feel to her, yeah. to her vocal work, which was amazing <laughs> when she said, when she's like, uh, oh, she, multiple times she does, I'm so happy. <laughs> so happy. That, my mom just would not <laughs> oh stop saying God. that. And then, and, and when they do the archery contest thing, which is part of every single Robin Hood movie ever. And she's like, they were going to lure you there with an archery contest. <laughs> I and die I, laughing. At that moment, Carrie always is brilliant too, because they're going and to kiss just, and then an that's what takes them away. And he's just like, an archery contest, you say? And then, you know, that, you know, promise me you won't go. I okay. Promise I promise you won't go. And she's yeah. And then it's like, wait, Robin, didn't you cool it? <laughs> and, and so, and she, and then she just brings these facial expressions, like you said, to react to all the other jokes going on that they didn't give her. But, mm -hmm. I mean, just she's hysterical without them really giving her very oh many jokes. And, and, and I love it. I've always just been, like, completely in awe of that role and that performance. Ugh. There love are, it. there are yeah. very good performances here. And mm -hmm. it's... I'm still like, I think yeah. my notes in here is like, I'm so incredibly bored. Like I just did not find it. Right. I think cause the, it doesn't flow it doesn't as well flow. as Spaceballs. No. The movie like Spaceballs has a definitive beginning, middle and end. And it tells you the plot right off the bat. Oh, yeah. So you know, yeah. each, you, you know did what you the antagonists want. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, did you, you get, get all that? that? The, the fourth wall breaking, I think worked better in Spaceballs than it does in, in, in particular in men in tights. Like one of the worst lines I have is from the, Will Scarlet O'Hara oh, character, where he's just like, "Am I good? I'm good." And I just it did, that just no felt land. so flat. Yeah. No I blame land. that on the performance, quite frankly. I think I think that he was just like, I mean, quite honestly, like, if we're gonna get into worst lines, my worst line comes from Will Scarlet O'Hara too, and it really is like him just saying that his name is Will Scarlet O'Hara and they're from Georgia. Like that to me, it's like, not funny. It's so hard. It's so hard yeah. to choose worst lines in this movie. Often, Jessica and I fall, say we like fall in the trap of like. You know, especially with this, it's like, is it a bad line or did it just not age well? And I think honestly, you could say like it didn't. We could do that. Bad lines. A um, dozen lines from this movie. Oh my gosh, I, mean, yes. I don't think so any just, of my lines are that. I think there's so many lines that are just bad lines and didn't age well. Yeah, I the yeah the one I chose was yeah. I have three. <laughs> I have like three. I have three I mean, of each, though. I got to be fair. <sighs> Yeah, there's yeah, there's a go go ahead, Jess, with your worst line, oh, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. How about you guys? You do yours, okay. and then if you covered one of the okay. three that I <laughs> could okay. choose from, I mean, I, 
it was funny because I was texting Jess as I was watching this because I was like, I remembered a bit of the song and I said, and I, and I remembered yeah. the, we may look like pansies. And I was like, yeah, that might be probably, and then, Great. so um, the one I chose, and I think I'm choosing it because uh, it was a product of its time, but I think it's really more impactful now. Um, it was Latrine when she talked, she says something testicles yes, or something. Yeah. And then this she says, I guess he's a transsexual like, now. And I, just was like, I wrote, I just wrote, Ooh, that line was bad. Uh, but, yeah. But, I had to, I had to so, choose that one. But my problem with it is no, that's never been what we use that word for ever. No, exactly. Well, like it, it was, it was not used. Like it, it would have been a eunuch, yeah, I guess eunuch. would have been more right. technically. So it's, it's not even factually yeah. even close. And it, it's a very ignorant totally. line yeah, in so many ways. And I just, I was like, and there, there's a bunch, like, I didn't like the, hey, Abbott, I hate that guy. And I, just, I don't know why I've always I liked remember, that one. <laughs> I, I remember laughing at Dick Van Patten's response because I thought his response was funny. But watching it now, I paid attention to the guy who said it. And I thought, oh, okay, this is more low hanging fruit that, you know, as I've grown older, I can I can see that this is maybe not as appropriate as I would have thought it was funnier right. when I was younger. And there was a in Spaceballs, I just noticed this on the rewatch of Spaceballs, in Spaceballs and um uh Men in Tights, and I don't know if it's a Mel Brooks thing, is he is he fascinated with uh Walk This Way? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's two he does it in both films. He does it Walk in this way in every and, and, film. Yeah. Oh, does he? So he he's got it okay. So that's a, maybe that's with, a little, what was the first one? Re- Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Okay. Then it was in History of the World, part one. Then it was in Spaceballs. Then it was in Men in Tights. Okay. Um, yeah, and that that one, just say nay, ha, walk this way. And I thought that was, that didn't land for me. But the, yeah, the latrine line was the one that I had to choose. Yeah, I, that was one of my least favorite lines. I, I, I wasn't even like on my you know on my woke horse or anything i was just like no and we clearly know Mm -hmm. that mel brooks knows what a eunuch is because we have an entire Mm -hmm. scene based on not having your testicles in history of the world part one Mm -hmm. yeah there were so many things that didn't land for me and here i'll just finish off our worst with two of the things that i chose that just absolutely fell flat for me like have always fallen flat for me and like I just was kind of irate as they were going on. I do not like the theme of animals crapping on people's hands in this movie. No. She's like, yeah. the little, the happy little bluebird has left a happy little doo-doo on your hand. I'm like, what? Why? Why? This isn't funny. We don't need to have her say this. And then later in the otherwise pristine go- uh, Godfather scene, because Dom DeLuise kills mm-hmm. it Genius. and Roger Reese kills mm-hmm. it. And everything scene. about that scene. Genius scene. So great. And then the lizard like pisses or poops on his hands. And I'm like, that ruins yes. it. It just takes me out. It doesn't yeah. ruin it. It just takes me out of it for just enough where I'm like, I don't get it. I will say about the bluebird is that bird poop in some cultures if a bird is good luck luck. i know Mm. but then why couldn't we just say that right why couldn't marion have pointed it out and broomhilda say oh it's good luck luck." Mm -hmm. it didn't have to be like a shit joke 
Yeah. I, I don't know. And the, just the way that she says it, mm. I, I love Megan Cavanaugh, but like, it's it's presented as this thing that's supposed to be really funny and it's not funny at all and yes. then mm-hmm. and then when they do the chop i just oh, oh yeah it. that was and again, and again uh, like not me yeah. being up on a high horse at all like it's just not funny it's not it's just no and it's very funny. particular to a very specific time and place yeah, basically it's one of those like i feel like one of the things it doesn't things make sense they're the- like let's give him the chop the whoop whoop the, was yeah, better that was I thought. and even and, and to the- some extent if you're going to do the stupid patriot arrow gag like the wave cut kind of is mm-hmm. you know is physically funny in a way but like the chop doesn't mm-hmm. make sense right. it's not funny well, and the no. other thing too about no. that is like it's it's not funny, and I mean, a it's also a conversation that we, I mean, I think is still being had by some sports. Oh yeah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, there's been some changes relatively recently, like the Guardians now in Cleveland, but like mm-hmm. still, like that mm-hmm. unfortunately is still a conversation. But the thing that I think Mel Brooks does well, and not in this instance, but in other instances, is put a modern vernacular. I mean, that is one of his like what he does well is put modern vernacular, modern jokes into a, like the discrepancy in that juxtaposition is what's funny about some of that. That was just like, it just doesn't, it's it, not needed. Like we not, did the wave, we did yeah. the, the yeah. only other things that could have worked in that setting. Yeah. Well, cause it's not connected to archery in any right. way either. Like they could have done, you know, no, 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 no. Hey, you know, something like that, which is a little more universal. Yeah. Uh, but that one in particular, it, it didn't have any connection to the event or the scene yeah. really other than, oh, this is a thing. So let's put it in. It didn't. Yeah. yeah. It didn't I, I mean, it's so interesting because there's, there are moments, as we've said throughout this whole conversation where it's like, there are moments of funny. In fact, like my best line, I mean, it was really hard for me to choose a best line because I was like, I don't think most of this movie <laughs> you didn't like any of this. <laughs> um, but I will say uh, the best lines I went for were, um, I mean, I think Mel Brooks is the Moyle rabbi is very funny. Um, again, like I think what Mel Brooks does best is, I mean, obviously his Jewish humor is Jewish humor. where he, I mean, he like that's, he can do that and excel with it. Um, and there's so much, also nuanced to the Jewish humor that is like very funny because it's like, you know, the Moyle joke and they're like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, sign up for it. Sign me up for what I want to. I want to. <laughs> yeah. I want to. How's it happen? He does this. <laughs> He's like, he could have like, mine. That's a very funny joke. And um, like, you know, again, talking about the, like, the testicle joke earlier, which was like, this is not funny. The circumcision joke is funny oh, and yeah. also made so me wince. I mean, I do not have those <laughs> yeah. parts, and I was just like, that does not. <laughs> but I think the my favorite joke in that section when he like runs into them and he's like, he's Robin of Loxley, and then we learn that her last Loxley name is Loxley and Bagel, and I'm like, that's just it's it's a dumb joke. I've always loved that. A dumb joke, but it is just like, so to me, that is like so quintessentially Mel Brooks because it's mm-hmm. like Loxley and Bagel. Okay. Lox and Bagel. Yeah. Like, um, can't miss. Yeah. See, I'm not Jewish. And I honestly, there's a lot of the Jewish in particular humor that I didn't get, but I didn't. So 
Yes, I think I just missed a lot of it, especially when oh, I was yeah. younger. Oh yeah, my mom so had to explain you know, that to me. I was like, "What is what is yeah. he talking about?" <laughs> but I love the um, the you know the the yes, sacramental this is wine. What, this is actually like, my best line. When he's they're yeah. like, "Maybe you could give us some of your wine," and he says, "Oh, this is sacramental wine. It's only used to bless bless things." And they're kind of like, "Oh, wait a minute. There's things here. There's trees. There's rocks. There's birds. There's squirrels." Come on, we'll bless them all until we get fashnickered. We'll bless them all until we get fashnickered. <laughs> yes. I just love that. I love it. My one comment on that, and this, I wrote this in a note, and I was like, wine and a moil is like, that is a, oof, that's a dangerous combination there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that joke is very funny. And I like the Jewish humor is always something that I appreciate in Mel Brooks movies because it is. Like, I do understand it. It is kind of one of those, like, oh, I'm part of the joke, instead of, like, I am the joke. Like, Right, right. That was kind of my first, my best line. But then I have a best scene. And we, mm-hmm. we did sort of talk about this. Uh, we, we touched on it. I can't do it. Um, I'm going to have to just drop this, the whole thing in. Because it, it's... Okay. You have to let Roger Reese do it. And it is the bad oh. news in a good way. Bad news. Oh, God. Bad news. I can't oh, take God. any more bad news. How about you give me the bad news, but in a good way. And he is mm-hmm. bad news in a good way. Bad news in a good way. Okay. 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 Oh, it's so good. <laughs> wait, wait till you hear this. I just bumped into Robin of Loxley. He's back from the Crusades. <laughs> you know, he just, he just beat the crap out of me and my men. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he hates you and he loves your brother Richard. He wants to see you hanged. We're in an awful lot of trouble. What are you crazy? But when he gets to the end and he's he's hysterically Why are you laughing, laughing? This and he's is terrible like, news. we're in an awful lot of trouble. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is terrible news. But but you told me to do it in a the bad news in a good way. Well, you blew it. <laughs> well, you blew it. Yeah, that whole that scene. Was, uh, I can't terrible. break it down to one line. Both of them, their performances, spot mm-hmm. on. So so funny. And there's nothing inherently funny in those lines. Absolutely nothing. Like that. No. There's no jokes. There's no punchlines. There's no funny language. It is just all those two. And they're exactly like, oh, so good. And then I just have like an honorable mention, my favorite line from this movie, and the line that has been quoted probably thousands of times in my life in various arms of my family. But when he, when they're at the party and he calls in the guards and they all march in and they're all in full armor. And (laughs) Richard says, I hope it's worth the noise. (laughs) That uh, was a mantra in my home. I cannot even tell you how many times, like, 
that has been exchanged yeah. between my mother and I, and then like now mm-hmm. with me and my children, and it, uh-huh. oh my god, perfect, just perfect Absolutely. line, perfect delivery. Again, not really that funny of a line. It's so situational, and this is like peak Mel Brooks humor that we're using these nights as just a vehicle for like uh situational humor and scenery humor when they all go down as dominoes like very yes Yes. of course they would but are very funny visual (laughs) gags in this movie Mm -hmm. i did not particularly like the i'm drowning gag i did not think that was funny (laughs) i thought that was hilarious as a kid i don't know i I, it's it's combined with this is exactly the mississippi i'm on the west bank i'm on the one side and then that whole scene for me i love because oh, it's like it's the principle yes. of the thing they get right down to their and, then, stop, 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 and the way the music gets like higher pitched and faster every time they break the sticks <laughs> yeah i mean the, the scene the whole scene i thought was yeah. silly um and melanie did you give us your best uh, my line? best line was loxley and miguel oh okay it was okay. just yeah. so mel brooks it was just but so we little... haven't heard your best line yet have we my bet well i'm still kind still of picking. i asked it's funny because i asked my mom i said mom was your was your best line i hope it's worth the noise because she's just you know four That's kids so all around the same age uh she and then she said it's that one or i have yeah. a mole yes. <laughs> the mole bit is the mole bit yeah. is funny yeah your majesty stop me if i'm wrong about this but wasn't your mole on the other <laughs> side <laughs> he's just i have a uh but mine <sighs> I don't know, because there's a lot that I love. I love the, and uh, you know, Robin and Marion. There's a couple of them that I really love. Oh, Marion, if only twere me. Oh, twere if it, you, twere twere you twere 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 terrific. Ah. You know, just, and, it, and her performance, again, just so good. Uh, the other thing that got said a lot, especially because there's three boys in my family. Ready? Aim? Wait for it. <laughs> <That was laughs> and then... The two archers that hit the bullseye could stay. The rest of you gentlemen bugger can off. bugger <laughs> off, you know, like that got said a lot. So, but I think the one that I'm going to choose is it's a, it's a Robin and Merritt. It's the very last bit. And it's all because of A.B. Yazbeck's delivery of the same word three times. Um, Darling. What? And you <laughs> yeah. know, I can't do it. You're not going to believe this. And then she changes. What? She's like, what? <laughs> it won't open. What? what? You know, and just that. That final, what <laughs> so, you know, uh, it was so good. So I think I, that's what I'm going to have to choose. I mean, there's so much good in here, you know. Uh, so it's come down to this, has it? A fight to the death, mano a mano, man to man, you, just you and me and my guards. You know, <laughs> the, when he smacks like, him with the gaunt, like the gauntlet, oh, challenge you to a duel. I like accept. leather gloves. Okay, and and. Yeah. Like Carrie always just doesn't like no reaction. It's okay, so casual. okay. Like finishes yeah. his sip of wine and then it picks up this iron gauntlet. Yes. Except, bam! <laughs> yeah, so I, good. We mentioned earlier, like the you know one of the reasons we thought this movie seems like more you know weighty is the cast, and I would be remiss to not mention perhaps the most like legitimate cast member in this movie. Sir Patrick Stewart. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. <laughs> that's, yeah, also, I have that line as well. Like, he's great. Like, it's, that's the challenge with this movie. It's like, there are bits of like, oh, that's very funny. But then like, 
everything else, it takes me so out of it that I'm just like, why am I? I was reading that Sean Connery wanted to do that. In drag? He wanted to do it in drag. (laughs) That was the the line earlier where they were like, let's get out of these women's clothes and get into our tights. That was the one I was like, okay, this one, it's cringy, but it's okay. It's okay. In terms of these. I think that one, like, you know, there are some, there's like a fine line, I think, between the satire of like, there's a fine line in satire of like where the punch is. And to me, that one is just on the line of, oh, we're satirizing all the people who are being ridiculous about, you know, I mean, you see that today. Okay, we're up in arms about drag, and yet the founding fathers wore tights and. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very much like men used to wear tights. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, why is it a big deal to be in the dresses? Yeah. So sorry, Melanie, I stepped no. on you there. You were talking about Sean Connery, or who he was talking about? Yeah, it, well, it just doesn't make any sense no. to me that he wanted to do it in drag. It's like, but you're Richard, the Lionheart. Yeah. Like you have to be a guy. Sorry, like you have to play it as a man, a manly man. Sorry. <laughs> no, anyone in a million crazy? dollars. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> or was Sean Connery changing his accent? You know. In be, like subtly in the lines because sometimes he sounds British and sometimes he sounds Scottish. Wait, is what uh, I thought. Patrick Stewart, in this Sean Connor, or Patrick Stewart. Oh. Yeah, sorry, he was yeah, not Sean to, I read somewhere that he was like doing a Sean Connery impression. <laughs> oh, ma- that okay. okay. That makes sense. So that makes a lot because because I thought I was like he sounds a tad Scottish. Oh, is that yes, intentional? Like, trying to be. I so he was doing Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Um, so that makes sense, and I mean, I think. Yeah. Again, going back to performances in this movie. So thinking about which parts of the script Mel Brooks probably wrote, because like the lines that we all chose as best lines, well, that was clearly a Mel Brooks line. Or just, or like just the, the actors um, like doing taking, well, just grabbing yeah, I, the lines wonder, that they were giving and like yanking it over the hills and valleys of this freaking movie because that's right. what it is, and, and you can feel it. That's what yes. you feel is like mm-hmm. we it have this great bit, and then we have a terrible thing that doesn't. We just have this bit that doesn't land, or something that's just so dated, or mm-hmm. or or parts that just drag, or something, and and then you get the then the actors just like drag it up again, and then it's but they can't, you know, when we have this up down up down up down, it's not like they can pull it across, man. It's like we're all falling down yeah. and being yanked back up again, and that's what you feel, I think. Whereas yeah. Spaceballs was very like. It's smooth. It's, it's so smooth. It's very consistent. It is consistent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like part of the challenge, I mean, maybe the inconsistencies is that it was a written script first and that they came, he came in and rewrote it. I yeah. mean, it, it, it doesn't feel, I think that is, it's inconsistent. It is an inconsistent script. It didn't originate with him. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. And, and so it was like they tried to take something else and make mm-hmm. it his. You know, it was probably, you know, a, a script that was written, probably not nearly as until as up to the Mel Brooks standard. And then Mel Brooks had to try and harangle it into something workable because uh-huh, uh-huh. there is a lot of good. And I think, you know, Richard Lewis, maybe he just said, you know, just do your thing. And, you know, you get lines like tell everybody that before the day is out, we shall have a wedding or a hanging. Either way, we ought to have yeah. a lot of fun. huh? <laughs> like, you know, just he's just having yeah. fun. Like he is just having yeah. fun. And you can see that in the performances, like Amy Yazbeck and Carrie Elways and Roger Reese. I mean, you just go down the line. They're having fun. But yeah, the script is just horribly inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. It made it hard to watch, which is not the same of Spaceballs. Join us next week. 
for the second part of our second round of our Mel Brooks Summer Tournament, where we will cover the 1987 comedy Spaceballs with our special guest, Devin Hickey. Until then, please follow us on Instagram. Be sure to vote on your best and worst lines from Men in Tights. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Never once have you invited me to your home for coffee and cake. A ganoule. Something, you know. A what? A ganoule. It's actually with stuffing and it's got sprinkles on it. Mm. Excuse me, I don't understand a word you're saying. I just came back from the dentist and uh, left in the cotton ball.